welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I'm so happy to be here. Last week was, I think, one of two times throughout this year now that I've been doing this podcast where I didn't record and I really missed it. I missed being here and sharing my own little reminiscent renderings. <laughs> so welcome back to Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. Today's topic, oh my God, I sound like a teacher, <laughs> but I thought about today's subject a lot. And I was originally going to call this episode Courage. Courage, however, seemed like a really tall order to me. What am I going to like call this episode Courage and then everybody can take advice from me how to be courageous? Jesus, most days I'm just feeling courageous getting out of bed or getting to work or facing life or whatever it is, especially with the background of post-pandemic, aftermath, whatever it is. So I didn't really know how am I going to call this episode because I want to talk about this concept of courage, but courage feels a little bit too much. And the other reason I thought about it is because every time I think of courage, I actually have a painting in front of my mind's eye. It's by Eugène Delacroix, and it's called Liberty Leading the People, or Lady Liberty Leading the People. And it's this semi-bare-breasted woman standing on top of a pile of, I don't even remember what she's standing on top of, dead bodies, I don't know. And she's waving this red flag. I just thought of the fact that it's a red flag, such a different connotation these days. But she looks amazing. She's just leading the people. It's all about the French Revolution, I think, and just getting out there, being the flagship of courage. So when I have that picture in mind, I'm like, oh my God, I really can talk about courage, you know? So what I ended up calling the episode and what I want to think about today is maybe we can try to be brave so that it doesn't become about courage, what sometimes feels like a very remote concept, but to understand that courage is neither built in a day, nor is it necessarily something we can relate to unless we've been through exceptional times, which I guess the pandemic counts. So why did I even start thinking about this? So like many of us, I've had a bit of a crappy year this year. I changed jobs. I broke up again. <laughs> Find out more about it in the book. And I laugh about it now, but sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what kind of year? And I know in all my conversations with you and with friends that it's been a really, really weird ass year for many people with so many extremes, even positive ones too, but certainly extremes that have wanted us to navigate them over and over and over and keep questioning what is right, what feels like it's something that needs to be done in this time with the kind of time quality that we have at the moment. So anyway, I figured I can't be the only one who has to muster whatever courage she can find to, to get through whatever it is we're getting through. And so I thought to myself, well, what have some of the things been that I did to be brave? Where did I manage to somehow put my next foot forward and then the one after that? And I began to review this year and other occasions before it when I realized that courage isn't something that you have automatically or you display every day. Courage is actually the result of several different things for me. And one of them I've already mentioned, it's taking little steps every day. I kind of thought of it like 
if I take little brave steps every day, it's kind of like building a credit history, right, in the States in order to get a credit card. I don't know, is that still the case? You have to build credit history. You have to keep financially showing up for yourself, paying your bills, and that way the banks or whoever's supposed to give you that damn credit card <laughs> know that you're a reliable, financially sound person and you're going to get that credit card. It's a stupid example in terms of like a financial example, but you know what I mean. So by taking little steps every day to build a history of personal bravery is a huge step forward. And that can mean anything for us, right? It really depends where we are in our lives. Um, it could mean that we take on a new job. For me, for example, I left a job I really loved and I wanted to have more responsibility. I wanted to take on leadership and I wanted to do more creative stuff. So I switched from a pretty safe job, if you will, to a freelance one. And I know that people around me were like, are you sure, Ricardia? I mean, there is still a pandemic out there. If you can't work, then you don't get paid on those days. That's the typical thing people say about employment versus freelance, right? And I was nervous about it, and I didn't really know if I should do this. But I decided for myself that the act of bravery means that I'm not entirely sure this thing is going to go well. I'm not entirely sure that I am not going to fall flat on my face and I'm going to do it anyway. Now, I don't mean to discourage anyone, but I did fall flat on my face. <laughs> I ended up absolutely detesting that job and, and anything to do with it. I couldn't wait to get out of there. But I decided that that wasn't going to count in terms of my bravery history. My bravery history was I put myself out there and I knew that if I hadn't taken that opportunity, I'd have spent the rest of my life wondering, should I have taken that job? Was I brave enough? And so this way I didn't have to, at least in this particular case, ask myself, was I brave enough? Because by my standards, I was. And you'll have your own examples of where you've been brave this year. Another thing about making little steps towards bravery so that maybe one day we can actually you know, order ourselves a big cup of courage, but is to not let the fear of failure or imperfection get in our way. And I used to have a boyfriend <laughs> who used to always say to me, Ricardia, it's not about perfection. Producing is much better than perfection. And I thought, what a brilliant concept, you right? So it doesn't matter that it's not perfect. I mean, if I look at my podcast, I just sort of went for it. I sat there in my closet with a blanket over my head when I first started out, and that was my podcast studio, right? But I produced it, and I put it out there, right? And it cost me a lot of bravery in that moment because you who've been listening for a while know it's an intensely personal podcast. People, especially psychoanalysts, if it were interesting enough, they could have an easy day at analyzing what kind of person is behind this microphone. But I thought, nope, I'm not perfect. I know my skills are probably not perfect, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so to just sort of understand that if you want to write a book, if you want to apply for a new job, if you want to get married or the opposite, leave your partner, to know that, yes, you could totally fail, whatever that means, by the way. I'm not a huge fan of the concept of failure, but go back to that podcast episode if you want to know more about it. But to understand that we don't have to do this perfectly, we don't have to look like we're in control the whole time, 
And by taking out perfection out of the equation, we might actually have some freedom to take a little brave step or five. So if we can be brave, then we will be rewarded with not having to be perfect. What goes hand in hand with that, of course, is that we could be very worried about what other people think. When we do something that's totally out there by our standards, it doesn't matter what anybody else's standards are, but if we were brave and we put ourselves out there, then what can really stop us and be a huge, huge hindrance in our lives is being worried about what other people think. And here's something that I really think is part of what I call midlife magic, is that I'm giving less and less of a shit as to what people think. What are they seriously going to do? Most people don't have the attention span to focus on what you're doing. Then there's a whole bunch of people that aren't really that interested in the first place. And then those who are envious or jealous, well, they're always going to be there anyway. So regardless of who your audience is that is stopping you and of about whom you're worried that they're going to think of you any differently, it doesn't matter. And if that isn't dire enough, I think what's part of midlife magic is that you know our time here is finite and that we would do very well to understand whose life is this. And when we can fully answer that, and I can't on every day, but I can on more and more days, then we are able to stop worrying about what other people think and just do whatever the hell it is we are called to do. And that calling can change from day to day. It can look erratic to other people. It can look way too crazy or irresponsible. Or maybe it looks, you know, like it's something you will regret later on. So be it. You'll be able to tell yourself that you were brave and that you didn't give a shit about what other people thought. Now, we all have good days and bad days. So on good days, being brave, even being courageous, will probably come a little more easily. We've slept. We maybe had a nice meal. We were able to take care of ourselves apart from taking care of everybody and their brother and sister. And we have energy. On days like this, I find it easier to access bravery or to make a bold decision. But then there's, of course, other days that make up quite a bit of our lives. Maybe we lost a job. Maybe we lost a partner. In some ways, maybe we lost our health. When this happens, when one area of life is under threat in some way, it has a ripple effect. The insecurity and fear that we now feel around this area in our lives can easily bleed into all others. That doesn't mean we're now fundamentally insecure about everything or fearful of everything, but our ability to be brave is very much connected to how positive we view the world. So when we are not so able to see things in a positive way, because again, there's been loss of any number of these things I just mentioned, then it's super, super difficult to be brave. And that's a point where we have to give ourselves a break and know that just getting up the next day, sending out the application for the job is an act of bravery. Why? Because I'm not feeling super great about some of the decisions I made. I'm not feeling super great about how I was treated in some ways and possibly how I treated people. So to come from this point of doubt, worry, discouragement, to come back from that and say, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. That is a heroic act. It will seem insurmountable on some days. I mean, we've all been through it, especially now with the pandemic. It 
takes a lot of bravery to manage our day-to-day lives at the moment, especially if we have children in school. What about those aging parents? Again, we might have lost somebody or a very important, meaningful task that we had. All these things, they zap a little bit of bravery from us. And for us to go back out there anyway, now that, I think, is true courage. For me, maybe I'm super analytical. Actually, strike that. I am super analytical. (laughs) I grew up in Germany where they put a lot of emphasis on cognitive abilities and intelligence. So I think some of it rubbed off on me. So what I sometimes do when something goes wrong or I'm feeling like "Hmm, there's sort of a repetition here going on or I lose my partner, a job, whatever, I go into full-on analysis mode. Where did I go wrong? Where is my responsibility? What can I do going forward that this doesn't happen to me anymore? And I just sort of ask all these questions. Now, I love self-examination. If you end up reading my book, you'll see a lot of it is about just asking the right questions or what I hope are the right questions. And for some people, this analysis really, really works. But I have to say, I've come up with very limited results, very sobering, because it's hindsight that is 2020. You can't immediately after the loss of a, of a friend or a family member or a loved one, you can't immediately understand what this is all about. What is the theme? Why did this happen? You need time. And that time between the event that occurred and the time that we fully understand the why or the how can be ever so short or long. For some of us, it might not take so long. It might just be a couple days, right? For many of us, however, it can take a long while to understand why something had to leave so that something or somebody could move into its place. For me, it took sometimes years before I was like, oh my God, that is why I didn't get that job. Or that is why I got divorced. Although I'll have to say with a second divorce. <laughs> It didn't take me long to realize why I was getting a divorce. But you get my drift. (laughs) I need to stop saying that. One day I'm going to get a really angry phone call. No, but seriously, to sort of understand that traveling backward and analyzing right away is not always a helpful way to go. In fact, in some cases, it can even lead us to judge ourselves or to try and come at a problem on a level that is not really a match. Maybe there's a way to explore the why or the how in a physical way. I'm a yoga teacher, so of course for me it's the yoga that will sometimes help me work through something. Dancing is super huge for me. I have a friend who does somatic work and says great things about it. Whatever it takes to maybe not analyze so much and be all in love with the cerebral analysis of what happened and instead just sort of letting it go through you the feeling, letting the event pass, let some time elapse before we make a judgment. I've noticed a lot of people, these are more men actually I think, they have often said to me that when you make a decision, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. I love that idea. I love the idea that if it's not one, it's the other. I also have to say it didn't usually work out for me that way in life. It wasn't always an either or. And this year, with everything that's been going on for myself and for other people around me, I've realized that that's not necessarily true. Because if it's not a hell yes, but it's a kind of, okay, well, then, um, yeah, uh, maybe, then 
there is an ambiguity, and we don't often like to be in a space of ambiguity, but it also allows us to make mistakes, which I've made a lot of in my life, and I think most of us will probably have to pledge to that. But if I had always decided it was an either-or situation, then I would have made decisions too quickly or too slowly sometimes because I used to make pro and con lists, which I find utterly useless in most cases now. And to sort of allow that some things are ambiguous. I remember saying yes to jobs and thinking, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And it worked out fantastically. I was a happy camper. Other jobs or even people I said yes to, I was really hell yes. And I had so much hope and so much enthusiasm about it. And it was a real hell no. It's like, hell no, get the hell out of there kind of no. So to understand that an act of bravery doesn't always mean that we're hell yes behind this cause and behind this decision, but that maybe we're taking a quiet step towards getting there finding what it is we want to do and whom we want to be with and taking some risks in knowing that we don't know everything about it yet. But how do we get into the energy of being brave, the energy of wanting to be brave, of allowing that in our lives? And I've found that when I do something that truly brings me joy, it's sort of, I don't know why I'm coming up with all these financial examples today, but it sort of builds like a joy credit for me. Like the more joyful things I do, I do, the more joyful people I spend time with, the more I feel I can be brave because I am being shown that life is good. That's a very, very oversimplified way of doing it or thinking it, I know, but bear with me. If you continue to do things in a joyful way, or you at least insist on finding joyful things, then having to be brave about maybe making a job uh, choice or a choice in partner that seems to look like joy is going to be a whole lot easier than if you're always doing things that you have to do when you're in this drudgery of day-to-day -day life and you're taking care of other people and you're working three jobs it's like that takes up so much bravery I don't even have time for joy but if I manage to find something joyful to do it could even just be brunch with some really good friends on a Sunday morning afternoon more like it to really draw from this joy energy which is endless and it makes us bold and brave and put ourselves out there and the last point I want to make is that we have proof of execution, as it's sometimes called in business. Wow, I am really businessy today, for real. To remind ourselves that we have been brave in the past is a great way to understand that, yes, it's great to have role models for it, but to also know that we ourselves are role models for our very own bravery. We've shown up for ourselves before when we didn't think we could, when we really didn't want to, and when we were discouraged and fearful and maybe even sad. But to know that you've done this before, you've taken small little brave steps towards whatever it is that you feel is in your destiny can help you build a little bit more confidence about what you are indeed able to do. And I have found this super important because if I just looked at all the decisions I made in my life and, you know, a lot of them came up really great and then some of them didn't. If I only looked at the ones where I didn't have a good result as something that was a failure or I should have not done, that would not honor the full story and the full takeaway from that experience because the full takeaway 
actually shows, boy, that was pretty brave that I did that. I didn't have a whole lot of money. I tried to do it anyway. I didn't have a big community who could support me. I put myself out there anyway. You have proof that you've been brave and that you've shown up for yourself at the times when you probably really didn't want to. And to rely on your own personal role modeling and history to be brave. So here's to hoping that today you do something that is just a little bit brave and that will take you towards a courageous life eventually. And if courageous for you, like me, still feels like a tall order, then at least you were a brave heart. Sending all the brave energy to you and sending love along with that. Take care. Take care.